This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where Ty and I are going to delve into major Seahawks news. We know that Geno Smith has re-signed. We, and we, Griff and I, have already covered that. But more figures have come out about the Geno Smith deal that make it look more enticing uh, and team-friendly, just very cool. Geno also had his press conference today, which, you know, stuff to delve into there. Gabe Jackson has been cut. Ben Burkirvin has also sadly been cut and we may be able to delve into some other fun stuff. But Ty, this is the first time we talk and I, well, since Gino Smith resigned. So Ty, you are an owner of probably the first Gino Smith jersey that's purchased right. from the Seahawks. That, that's like, that's right. I believe um, I believe that was actually a record that I, I set. You know, I'm they, still they waiting. They like put it on the jersey. Like, yeah, I'm still waiting for my I'm still waiting for my plaque from the Seahawks themselves as, you know, first Geno believer. Of I course, think that's in the I... post. Right. Right, right, right. Uh yeah, so Geno's deal was uh I mean just getting Geno locked up in general, we'll we'll get into the deal in a bit, but just getting Geno locked up in general for the next year and and we'll get into, you know, how this impacts 2024 and 2025 as well. Um but getting him locked up, taking care of that, not leaving that up to any sort of question going into free agency is is huge. Um, not leaving anything up to any you know possibilities of him heading elsewhere or even testing the market really uh, is just it's it's big because you really <clears throat> you really didn't know, especially with what's going on with you know Aaron Rodgers still hasn't made a decision now Lamar has kind of entered the fracas here um Derek Carr of course you know signed uh a few days ago uh but then you know there's Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe even Matt Stafford might be on the trade block all this stuff he didn't really know how Gino's situation was going to go uh because he was one of the few unrestricted truly unrestricted free or he was said to be one of the true unrestricted free agents to actually hit the market and that you know makes things convenient for a few other teams that might be exploring something like Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson right now and just may find that to be a better you know way for them to go um and who knows what kind of guarantees and all that uh that could have been made at that point uh but ultimately you know Gino ends up staying where he completely you know revitalized his career and, and gets to stay with you know, the coaching staff that he has become accustomed to and has helped him, you know, turn things around here uh, in the later stages of his career. And um, it's just, a, it's a great, you know, relationship that was certainly, you know, it, it felt like it was far from ending and, and felt like, you know, 
Uh, it was just a, the best and most natural fit for both sides and where the team is right now and where Gino is in his career. So it made just a ton of sense. And this was why, you know, you and I didn't really entertain the idea of him actually leaving. Um, because it just, it felt like this was going to happen. Like this was a matter of when, not if. And I mean, even Gino was talking that way, you know, at the Pro Bowl and after the season, et cetera, talking about how he, he felt very confident that they were going to get things done. And sure enough, here we are. Well, more than that, if you remember after like the, the 49ers game, Gino was understandably asked about, you know, the contract situation, how he felt. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was after week 18 when they didn't know their playoff fate. But anyway, he spoke mm-hmm. on his contract and he was saying about how important loyalty is and like, the insinuation was that he would maybe take a team-friendly deal. And right. so, so it has proved. So, like, Griff and yeah. I, we sp- when we spoke about this contract immediately, obviously, uh, Jordan Schultz reported that the contract was $105 million uh, right. for three years, $50 million, uh, guaranteed over the first calendar year, or potential to earn $50 million over the first calendar year, sorry. And, you know, you're immediately skeptical you it feels agency is what i said to griff right. whenever we've recorded that and so it's proved so we theorized that there'd be incentives involved here i wondered maybe if they'd uh defer option the signing bonus which they mm. did with jamal adams and they, they haven't done that what they have done is a lot of incentives so right ty mm. are you ready to be Cashman. Cashman. Not to be confused with Josh Cashman, aka yeah, he, Cable is, Thanos. Yes, that's Cashman. No, you are Cashman. Cashman. I am Cashman. Yeah, so they're they're incentives, but not really. They're more so escalators, and we'll get into what that means and how that kind of impacts things here in a second. Um, but there are essentially escalators tied to yardage touchdowns uh completion percentage passer rating and then a playtime and win slash if he takes the team to the playoffs so that's two million dollars for each of those categories and each of those numbers is exactly what he did last year so it's 4,282 passing yards that's what he put up last year 30 touchdowns that's what he put up last year uh, 69.7 uh, completion percentage, uh, 100.8 passer rating, and then uh, 10 wins or making the playoffs. So all of those things that he did um, this past year. So yeah, um, and he gets would... two million dollars each for hitting each one of those. And if he hits all of them, which that's going to be tough, the completion percentage one. But if he right. hits all of them, then he gets an extra five million dollars on top of that as well. On top of that, so that's what fifteen million dollars in total, because there's five categories. Yeah, so fifteen million dollars in total, and then um, so uh, at, at face value, you hear the word incentives and you see those numbers, and essentially, you would think these are like are considered to be likely to be earned because that's what he did this past year, and in that instance, that would count towards the salary cap. However. The the twenty twenty three cap number, right? However, because they're escalators, not incentives, they essentially go into his roster bonus and therefore do not count against the salary cap. Now we're not salary cap guys. No, we're, we're I, hold like, on now, hold on. Don't do yourself down. Remember, mm, you're the cash man. That's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, that from everything that I have read and I've tried to do a lot of research on this because it's been a very complicated situation the last few days. Like we still don't even know what his year one cap hit is, but uh, that seems to be the case that all the, uh, the $15 million doesn't count against the cap. It's just, they're, they're essentially a roster bonus. So um, the other thing with that too is, is Mike Garofalo uh, from NFL network took, Twitter tonight and made a correction uh, mm-hmm. about um, the guaranteed money in Gino's contract. And so essentially, all the guaranteed money that he is owed, that Gino is owed, is in year one. And there are no other guarantees in 2024 or 2025 except for a $12.7 million injury related guarantee. 
mm-hmm. um, in twenty twenty four. In twenty twenty four. So that brings up a whole other question um, that I'll ask in a bit. Uh, but this is essentially another prove it deal. Now Gino is getting paid, especially in year one. So it's not like he's getting the short end of the stick here, but he's basically betting on himself because with no guarantees for the next two years, unless he gets hurt, Seahawks could easily part ways next year if they wanted to. Yeah. So what do you, let's, let's start there. Just what do you think about that? I mean, it's again, it's like clear evidence that Gino, he, you know, he really wanted to be back in Seattle and Mm -hmm. the, really you sort of had to look towards his press conference comments. Like he's saying how he just believes in his ability and he thinks the future is very bright. And he said, it's just a way the incentives, this is, it's just a way obviously for both parties to make it work. It allows the team room and space to do what they need to do, but also gives me an opportunity to be, you know, one of the top 10 paid quarterbacks, which is something that I believe I am. Hmm. And he said on the importance of giving Seattle that flexibility yeah, it was extremely important. You know, I believe in the team. I know how important it is for everyone, you know, to have an opportunity. And so I trust these guys. I understand that these guys are building a championship team and that's what we're about here. And so I really wanted to be part of that. And I'm just happy that we were able to find common ground that was balanced and worked for everyone, which is pretty remarkable comments from Gino. I also think, you know, you know, he's still got paid and the the advantage for him is... He, he got paid in this first year. If he mm-hmm. proves it, he will get paid in second and third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in a position where if he proves it and for whatever reason the, the team, you know, maybe they do draft a rookie and they're ready to play him, then he'll get another payday immediately from another team because that's a two-year resume now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, for for... It's a three. If it's a three-year contract, then and he's with Seattle the whole time, he can get paid again. Uh, sort of repeating the stuff that I said with Griff the, the other day, but but then, you, you know, it is uh, it's protecting Seattle from the fact that it is just a one-year deal of like one year of production, and right. that if if things go bad, then they they're protected. Like Schneider spoke about how they're always trying to put together everything we're doing here is to try and maximize a player's value, but we're also trying to put together a consistent championship caliber team. And so there's a balance that goes into that. Right. And he credited Chaffee Fields and Kevin, I don't know the surname, but it's someone on Gino's agent team. Right. For being he, creative and it, yeah, open-minded. Yeah. Open-minded, understanding what they wanted to accomplish. And, well, and I think we ma- even talked about that a few weeks ago, that whenever this deal was going to happen, that it was going to be really unlike any other quarterback contract we've seen because of just the uniqueness of Gino's situation because we just we've never seen anything like that. So where do you kind of start? Right? Yeah. Like so and that's kind of what we're seeing here. Yeah, and I, I like Schneider's summaries were saying it was maximizing Gino's earning potential, recognizing what he's done, right. but also trying to help him be a championship quarterback. And right. and so like Seattle really like with with this contract, they can kind of do they can take it a number of directions like it's mm-hmm. not it's not really set in stone that, that they that it's, that's literally the definition of flexibility right like it, they're, yeah. they're sort of in a win scenario whatever and i think really even like gino is like i, I was saying to griff how this is like the perfect contract and it kind of is like it, it, it's gives you an appreciation of what goes into negotiations and how every right. party can come out w- looking good. Now, Gino probably with, with the fact that, that uh, guarantee, it's only one guaranteed year of money mm-hmm. and unless he gets injured and then 2024 would be guaranteed, that is a pretty tough, uh, tough look. But then, yeah, he wanted to be in Seattle. He could have hit the open market and he, he could have got a better deal elsewhere or maybe even a better deal from Seattle, but he just decided not to because of how much he wanted to be in Seattle. And so really it shakes out as like, it, if Seattle wants, it can be a one-year deal. And, and right. a bit a bit like I think Derek Carr's past contract was like that. 
it, it with um with Las Vegas. Yeah. But if Seattle wants to have 2024 in, then they can. Mm-hmm. And the same for 20, 2025, you'd think they'd probably rework the deal if he had done enough to play two years in Seattle. But right. if they really wanted, like 2025 then is an easy one. Uh, just on the on the escalators, they're added onto the 2024 roster bonus. I think that's how right. that works. So they would count against the 2024 cap. But then you're just right. splitting out the... And then you can probably restructure, you know, something yeah. like that to, to spread yeah. it out a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because like if he does stay in twenty twenty four and and you know twenty twenty five, but let's just you know say twenty twenty four for now, that means he probably had another really good season, right? Because if he's just kind of mediocre, if he's like more like a top twenty ish quarterback than a top ten ish guy, like he was this past year. They can just say, you know what, we'll move on. Quarterback class next year is pretty good, you know, et cetera. Like, there, there's going to be options out there for them to, you know, uh, do something different at the position. So, either way, the Seahawks win in this situation. And so. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I can't really imagine a better deal for the Seahawks out of this whole scenario, given the uniqueness of the situation. So, um, I'm kind of surprised that they were able to pull it off frankly yeah so one thing he can earn 28 million dollars in the first year of his deal right and then 15 million dollars on top of that in incentives yeah and and again we don't know exactly how all of that is being distributed so we don't know what the cap hit is still like no one's still like concrete like i've seen i've seen so many different people on twitter say it's one thing or another like i've seen 18 million i've seen 10 million i've seen 13 million i've seen 15 million i have no idea what it is but like my my point that is that is relevant and i look forward to finding that out but my point with saying that is like for 28 million plus 50 i mean yeah the 15 million dollars are added on to Uh 2024 and the same by the way for if he uh, hits those incentive marks again in 2024, uh, those would be added onto 2025's roster bonus. That's how it's structured. Right. But um, right. It, the way Gino can look at it is, okay, I get $28 million in the first year, which is mm-hmm. how it's been reported. Plus, say he hits the incentives of 15, well, then suddenly that's like a, it's like slightly delayed, but it's a one-year $43 million deal is the way to, yeah. to sell it, and which is how you get probably that phrasing of it's $50 million over the first calendar year. Yeah. And so <clears> even <throat> if it goes to, uh, even if the Seahawks draft a rookie, say, and we'll we'll talk about that in Gino's comments on that, but even if they were to draft a rookie, but Gino plays well, well, then he's proved it. He's earned, what what's the, the franchise tag number for a quarterback? It was like 35. Yeah, so he's done he's done more than that. Um yeah. and and then he, he goes and gets another payday from an, another team. It's kind of a win win for Gino. Uh with the kind of possibility of you know Yeah. Okay, and even if he I, just I, hits I rec- three and even if, sorry, but it just even if he hits three of those five escalators, like he'll essentially make the franchise tag. Yeah. So and like that, like a couple of those should be pretty easy as long as he stays healthy. Like 30 touchdowns, he should be able to match that. Passing any, yards should yeah, be like able to match any that. Any quarterback like, in a functioning offense, like, yeah, like, and, and Gino knows his ability. Um, and I think, I think we can be confident of that as well. Like, they haven't lost major pieces. Sure, there's areas they need to address, but like, they still have that receiving core of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. okay there's some work to do at tight ends uh, low-key work but work nonetheless and then the interior yeah. defensive line but like they have also kenneth walk in the backfield like they may bring back richard penny like they have the weapons mm-hmm. they have the setup and mm-hmm. yeah we need to look at the year one cap number but they haven't completely 
ruins their situation. And, and even if things go wrong, they haven't either. And and, and so right. for Gino though, like he is not foolish, and his representation isn't foolish either. They recognise that yeah, there is that only one year production with so many years just being a backup in the league. Mm-hmm. This is like the insurance behind the opportunity to, to improve it. Like it's, it's very, I think it's very cool for Gina too. So like really, yeah. really interesting stuff and look forward for that to really get in the concrete information on the year one cap pick. Cause that is obviously important. And yeah, it, yeah, I, I, I've seen numbers like $17 million, $15 million. I don't know yeah. how that all works. Cash, cash man, you might have to, yeah, I need I need to brush to I need yeah I need to brush up on that because I I have I have no idea either and I don't know like where people are getting these numbers either because they're not they're just saying the number they're not like giving out like breakdowns of how they they think it gets there they're just like yeah it's fifteen million dollars yep okay cool uh how <laughs> yeah like but that escalator thing and the likely to be earned thing that that yeah. was very interesting yeah so. In terms of just like cap deferment and all that, um, and it kind of I don't know maybe gives a glimpse into what the Seahawks' intentions are here with the the full picture. I don't know. So let, let's talk about this uh, the the other part of this, right? If it's only a one year deal, what does that mean related to the whole number five pick situation with the quarterbacks, right? Because CJ Stroud could make some sense. Uh, Anthony Richardson uh, had a meeting with the Seahawks that apparently went well. There's, you know, the Pete Carroll went on the Rich Eisen show and um, basically said, like, yeah, we're we're very open to the possibility of doing that. Now, a little bit of that could be, or all of that could really just be posturing to, um, you know. Uh, get the Raiders and the Panthers and the Falcons a little bit antsy and willing to trade up and all this stuff. But, uh, I don't know, man. Um, what, what do you think about all of this? Yeah. It's the classic, uh, pre-draft scenario of when you don't have an obvious need in your roster in particular, like Seattle. I mean, they have one at center, but yeah, generally speaking, of course, but they don't, then there's nothing to lose by being positive about every position, every player. Right. Uh, when you're asked about them. And so naturally people think, oh, these quarterbacks look interesting. They hadn't had uh, Gino signed at the time. So suddenly Seattle has a more gaping need. So teams start talking them up. And uh, then Anthony Richardson makes his comments. And so, I mean, Anthony Richardson, even if you're not going to draft him or you decide not to, he's, a fun player, like a very cool player. Like everyone saw what he did at the combine. You can't deny that that was amazing. Like the most athletic quarterback ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Along with the stuff he shows on tape. So why would you not say that he's a, a cool player? Uh, I found yeah. it interesting how Pete Carroll went on the Rich Eisen show and he bigged up a lot of the positions, but he didn't mention the D line or edge at all. So <laughs> you, but then this is the thing, like it's, it's all like second guessing, uh, uh, uh yeah what's face, real what's not bluffing or what, bluffing yeah, yeah yeah it's all just it's all just nonsense but yeah. seattle will definitely consider the the situation there uh, there's no reason for them to lie about that obviously they will yeah. and they don't pick up five often as john schneider said they also said quarterbacks said don't well. grow on trees and yeah, yeah. Pete's, pete described it as a, a a top opportunity or something or it's at the uh, top of our minds that we're going to look at yeah. the quarterbacks and of course it is and anthony richardson is very traitsy as we've spoke about he is like feels like a schneider kind of dude in that sense obviously mm-hmm. you know schneider's like josh allen patrick mahomes think about them coming out what their strengths were what were their weaknesses richardson is on a similar kind of spectrum as to that mm-hmm. so it was just cool that you know i mean gino was basically perfect in this press conference like he just seems so grounded and very very uh good leader very yeah. smart intelligent guy um yep. but he was asked obviously about seattle the potential of seattle drafting the quarterback at five and whether that would be competition or a mental opportunity and he said how that would be both mentioned how you know he worked with drew lock but he also loves to compete with anybody um and it's his job as a leader and it's who he is at heart uh, to help guys. So 
Mm. Fine. Uh, kind of a yeah. nothing answer in that, like, well, what he is he going to say? But he could have been a like, he could have Joe Flacco it. Yeah, he could have been. Yeah. He could have Joe Flacco it. Like he and be like, yeah, I'm not helping him. Like, yeah, screw yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, that, you know, it's good to see that Gino's saying all the right stuff and everything. I mean, he's going to be a coach one day, like, no doubt in my mind. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Or maybe um, maybe something uh, which uses similar skills, but out of football helping. Uh, yeah, he just seems know, like a good, like, or something. Yeah, he just seems like a good people person, you mm-hmm, know? Definitely. Um, good, like, culture builder, probably. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, you know, for me, I, I kind of ruled out the whole quarterback thing for a while. Um, and maybe that's just cope. But after seeing these contract details tonight, this is kind of the first time that I'm going, huh, they might actually do it. Like, because I don't know. I guess I, I didn't think that I didn't think it was possible because I felt like there were going to be more guarantees and that they were going to be a bit more handcuffed to Gino beyond 2023 Mm. but now that they're not now that they can just easily move on if they wanted to it just it does seem like they're kind of setting it up for the possibility like because the contract can work both ways when you're looking at it from the number five pick situation it's a either a window to or a bridge rather to whatever is next or it protects them in case they end up not taking the quarterback in this draft because they still have the quarterback in tow for the next three years if they so want him. So, and it also keeps the window open for drafting a quarterback next year as well. So, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting because, like, I, I guess that they they did need to put in a fallback plan in case Anderson and Carter go and they're not really sold on Tyree Wilson, right? Because, like, who else are you drafting at number five? Right. Well, you know they have a top five visit, or, uh, top thirty. Sorry, visit with the one Jones. Like, right. He's got rare size. Okay, he's a right tackle, but like you really have to do your due diligence on dudes who maybe you do a mini trade down from five. But like, yeah, like right, right, yeah. But but, but yeah, to your wider point, absolutely. This this is the contract that allows them to do what they want. It gives them complete. Again, it's that flexibility thing. It gives them complete freedom, and so. That's yeah. why it's super exciting for the Seahawks because then if then you know like they the, hold a the, lot they're, of leverage. Yeah, and they're they're in a position where they can take this any way they want. They're not forced into anything. Um they they whatever the, however they want to do it, whoever they like, they can do. Whereas like if they hadn't uh say they hadn't re-signed Gino, Gino had gone elsewhere, then suddenly mm-hmm. you might have to force a quarterback or right. the, the say deal... they pay Gino massive money then it's then it's like well how are we gonna if the if the rookie's the guy then we're kind of okay rookie contracts for quarterbacks are great but like okay gino's kind of kind of hamper into that right and it also like if they want to move on from gino to go with the young guy like say that they do draft anthony richardson and in 2024 they're like we want you know we want anthony to be the guy and Gino is coming off of a pretty good year still, you can trade Gino. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be affordable. He's going to be way more affordable than any quarterback that you could probably find on the open market next year. So this is, again, it's a win-win-win-win-win situation for the for the Seahawks here, essentially. And what it most importantly accomplishes, the deal itself, is that it doesn't tip their hand at all. Like it's still like if in terms of like trying to keep other teams guessing in terms of maybe trying to bait a trade up or or anything like that from the Raiders, from the Panthers, from the Falcons, from the Titans, et cetera, the list goes on. There's nothing here that says, yeah, we're not taking a quarterback. You don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. Like, the other thing too, right? You know, I, I mentioned, you know, if Carter and, Ander- and Anderson are, are off the board before five, I mean, Maybe Carter's not even on their board anymore. You know, that's the other aspect of this. So really it's, you know, maybe they view it as Anderson or a quarterback. Or maybe they view it as Anderson and Wilson or a quarterback. You know, and so if yeah. Anderson and Wilson are gone, like what else do you do? Especially like if you're not going to get the trade up that you want, 
you're not just going or the trade down rather that you want. You're not just going to do it for the sake of doing it. Well, so and, well, and also Ty, maybe people don't want to trade up. The right. this is what we say about like there's there's bluffing, double bluffing, what's real and what's not. Like if you talk about up the quarterbacks, you don't lose because then you can also entice teams to want to trade up uh, with you by creating hype around the quarterbacks. Uh, hmm. The other thing as well is like if you know if you if you really are grading guys and there's only Pete Carroll mentioned it. There's there's only so many top players in this draft class. It's what I've said. It's what Griff said from watching it's what a lot of uh, analysts have said there's not as mm. many top top guys as has, there have been in other classes mm. there's lots of good players but where do you take a good player probably i you know not in the top 10 of the draft hopefully so then right. maybe you do go well you know our, our top guys are gone maybe jalen carter as you said ty is isn't on their board obviously we've heard some other things on on top of um mm. what uh look at us all sourced up on top of mm. uh his uh tragic uh legal incident and mm. so and that when's that going to play out we don't we don't know about that sort of timeline but like you yeah know, maybe we, and seattle. we don't know what and we don't know what information seattle has that we don't you know like public doesn't know right. that we don't know like because you know. he he like uh just purely on a on the field uh football standpoint like from the tape is the best player in the draft but if he's mm. off the board that's one less of the clear big guys there and so, as you attack your camera tie, my uh, my ring light tried to fall and disrupt the show, but I did go. not allow it. I no, don't it. allow it. So yeah. then, you know, maybe you just have to. Maybe you can't trade down, or maybe you're just like, well, crap. This quarterback is special. Like maybe his ceiling, Anthony Richardson's ceiling, grades higher than any of the other prospects. Or it could be a different quarterback. But then you're like, well, let's do it, and. Yeah. As has been pointed out by in our comments section, we uh, we record this live on YouTube. If you're listening, uh, and you can get involved with the show by Chris Adams, and thank you, Chris, for the reminder. Gina has mentioned many times that all he needed when he entered the NFL was a veteran to learn from, and he's spoken readily about wanting to pay it forward. And that's right, Gina does want to help, and mm. you know, it's like the comments we spoke about earlier in his press conference. But he he kind of wants to be a mentor. Who I think he described how. The atmosphere in the Seahawks locker uh, quarterback room last year was tight knit, and they all got along really well. With him and Drew Locke, and so, and that was pretty obvious as well. Seeing Locke on the sidelines with Pete Carroll as well, how they're trying to build him up, and so I don't, you know, it's it's just a very very cool situation, really. And, and mm. the last thing on the, the Geno presser, I loved how I mean, obviously he's happy, but it was so cool seeing him like that happy, and he was wearing his um. Oh man, I need to. Did Gino has a great smile? Like it's just infectious, Hol man. Yeah, it was just a wholesome moment overall. Yeah, What's he's his, just a uh... wholesome dude in general. Like, yeah. yeah. What was his um? Oh yeah, Seven Sunday Heroes. His um, his foundation. He oh, yeah. that was the uh the kind of like sweatshirt he was wearing underneath his suit. It's quite a cool fit. Um, which is an extension of his mother and grandmother's efforts back home. But it's like a that's cool. Uh, just helps out in the community, and um, they they host like uh, I think they did a Thanksgiving turkey giveaway. I th right. I'm pretty sure it just helps local communities out, like the the leaders of communities. Which again, like when when we talk about after war with Gino, like he's already kind of doing this like uh leadership yeah. uh in in communities and helping out and and stuff like that, but. Yeah, and, and awesome to hear Gino saying, like, you know, right at the start on the contract process, I wanted to stay here. I was hoping we could get something done quickly. I didn't want to have to test the free agent market. Obviously, if I had to do that, then I had to. But I think everyone did a great job at making this work. And now it's about having to pay it off in the future. So, you know, he wanted right. to be a Seahawk. He's a man of his word. Like, he said this after the season, as, as we spoke about. So, very... Right. Very wholesome, very cool win, 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 win situation with the Seahawks. I think it's a win, win, win for Geno Smith as well, contract wise. And I think, you know, now Seattle has a guy who at his best is one of, well, at his best last year, an MVP candidate, but at his best yeah. is the be like one of the best uh, pocket passes in the NFL. Now Tom Brady's gone. Like there aren't any people when Geno's on it, there ain't many quarterbacks who are better than him out the pocket. And so, yeah. Then you can focus around building your young team, 
but also you if you build your young team in the holes that you had, there's no reason Gino can't cook. Like the holes on offense are interior defensive line and wide receiver three, third receiving option, and then tight end. Yeah. Your rookie tackles should get better. It's their second season. Not that they were poor, but they had sporadic moments that rookies have. Second year of NFL, they'll be more familiar with that. So then the pass protection should be more sustainable. And so then, you, you know, why why can't Gino keep it up? Kenneth Walker the second as well. He's not going to have, uh, Ken is not going to have the kind of rookie growing pains of vision and patience. He's going to hit the hole. He knows what he can get away with in the NFL now. Your run game's not going to collapse because of those kind of growing pains either. In theory, so th- obviously there's ifs and buts. That's just the NFL with the salary cap and construction. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, he's not here. I had to do it for him. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. Mm. Yeah. There you go. So rest in podcast, of course. Rest in <clears throat> podcast. So there you go. Mm. Very cool. And yeah. we will talk about the first year cap hit when we know it but really i you know it seems like seattle will have found a way to make it so that they have a bit of money carol said how they have to be uh to seattle sports it, he said judicious yeah they must be judicious which yeah. is i, very I mean he he told uh uh chris sims and uh God, what's his name? I Mike Florio. Mike Florio, thank you. <laughs> this isn't the first time that I forgot his name on a, on on a podcast. Wow, I, that's I almost, disrespectful. Uh, for for some reason, no. I, for some reason, I want to call him Lefko, like Adam Lefko. Oh I, no, I just, that's, a, the, that's a different yeah, guy. That's, actually, that's a definitely, you know? that's a totally different person. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Pete was saying, Hazen you know, F's. like, like he, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, you know, he was telling them that, like. We got stuff that we have to do <laughs> this offseason. Like, yeah, we want to assign Gino, but like, we need to get better. <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, but he's right. free agent, yeah, he's he's very very correct with that yep. uh, that assessment. Very astute of you, Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and Maddie, listen mm-hmm. to this segue. Uh, the Seahawks did some things today to help them out with their free agent pursuits this month. So. They did. So this wasn't overly surprising, but uh, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported that the Seahawks have released veteran guard Gabe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on the wire, the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. That move clears $6.5 million in cash and cap space for 2023. Well, you're cash man now? Oh, well, Ty, if you'd let me segue, then, you know. True, 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 true. Looks I like became, I'm cash man. I'd... I became se- uh, Segway boy. Segway, <laughs> Segway <Yes>. boy. Yeah. <laughs> All these boys on their Segways. Uh, yep, yep, yep. There you go. So, yeah, as I said, this was kind of expected. Like, Jackson mm. visibly declined. I think it was an age health thing. He's turning 32. If you look at his snap counts, like, he became a part-time right guard when he was earning starter money, and this year it was going to earn was it like 11.5 million dollars this year yeah i think it was, cra- yeah, I think it was pretty high money. like yeah. there's some dead money with this as well but anyway, yeah there's like um, four million dollars worth of dead money so yeah i think it was about 11 there you go so yeah he played week five 60 percent of snaps week eight 41 percent week nine 51 percent week 10 60 percent week 11 60 percent week 12 57 percent week 13 46 percent week 14 56 percent week 15 57 percent week 16 68 percent so that is 10 games not playing 100% of the snaps and i think it's 8 of 8 of 10 below uh 60% or 60%. So yeah. not the, just, the, just the not dead good. cap the dead cap by the way is 4.7 mil. No, so. so yeah, 5 mil, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, J- Jackson just it wasn't a viable thing and no. Seattle obviously re-signed Phil Haynes to a slightly higher than expected deal i think for some people but then that's because he's going to be given the right guard job to lose. Uh, how that pans out, I don't know. I know he did well in uh, better in pass block win rate than I think, um, you know, which warrants a kind of rewatch of the film because I, mm-hmm. I need to sort of dive into how good he actually was last year. I think he was kind of right. up and down. Right. But obviously Seattle's going to have to add another guy probably through the draft to compete at the right guard spot, get younger, get more, you know, more competitive there. 
Jackson was just it, it was it was just time for it to be the end. So mm-hmm. um and maybe like maybe he lands somewhere else, but it just felt like his body, like if he's having to rest, maybe 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 a off season of resting and, and not being in camp and stuff would help him. But it, it just feels like he's just played a lot of football and the you know, it's it's probably done. Obviously, he arrived at, uh, with Seattle in 2021 uh, via a, a fifth round pick traded from uh, the Raiders. So, mm-hmm. and I think it was a move that Russell Wilson was in favor of. Right. Obviously, he's gone, and now Gabe Jackson's gone. And it was kind of a a desperation move from the Seahawks because didn't they? Which one did they go after? Was it Zeitler? Was was it Zeitler or Tooney? They went after one of them. I think it was Zeitler. Zeitler, yeah. And then they whiffed on Zeitler. Tooney ended up going uh, going to Kansas City. Corey Lindsley ended up going to L.A. And then Rodney Hudson got traded to Arizona. And they were like, well, we need an interior offensive lineman. And we don't have many draft picks. So yeah, that's the other. that's the other factor there. They Because yeah. of that draft, they you know, where they, they had very limited uh, assets uh, yeah. from the Jamal Adams trade. It sort of left them short. Yeah, and Jackson just wasn't really a great fit for the scheme. Um, it was just kind of weird. So. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that, like, moving forward, like, draft-wise. We'll, we'll be talking about it, but, you know... It's, I don't it's, wonder it's, if this means Damian Lewis goes back to right guard. Well, that's where he played his best football, and he like left guard. It's difficult doing that, right? As Griff says, like trying to uh, brush your teeth left-handed or right-handed with your weaker hand, like mm-hmm. it's just a bit bit odd. But um, yeah, like maybe in the draft they they take a tackle and kick him inside. Like, do they still want size and people movers and displacement, or are they favoring more like footwork agility? Obviously, right, like, blend. Like... you can mess with the sliders on that. It's not like an either or, but like, like, let's overreact a little bit here to the to the top thirty visit because ultimately these top thirty visits, like, mm-hmm. they end up drafting maybe two of them, you know, per year. Uh, I think Derek Young and Boye Mafe were the only ones from the top thirty oh, that they, they drafted um, last year, just for context. But mm-hmm. let's say they do take Dewan Jones. Mm-hmm. What do you do with Abe Lucas? Well. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like k- kicking Gabe Luke, uh, Abe Lucas inside just does not feel like the right move. Like let the guy learn how to play tackle and get good yeah. at that. Yeah. Similarly, like I don't think Jones has been anything other than a right tackle, and so that's a tough ask. Maybe if he's learning behind Haynes, it's a huge guy to have a right guard. Now remember, they did show interest in, um. Trent Brown, they they brought him yeah. in for free agency visit, and he's a big guard. So maybe, maybe Jones is that thing of like I think tackles in coming out of college generally have better footwork uh, for outside zone than a guard does. And also if they're big and they're long, and the one Jones is big and he's long. Like mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it earlier, but he has rare and he can, and he can move. Yeah, and so I I need to watch his tape because. Like to see whether that's a viable sort of thing, but like Gino's tall as well. It's not like with Russ, maybe you'd have some hesitancy drafting a massive dude, especially on the right, like in the primary kind of throwing lane. But yeah. with with Gino, I think he'd be all right doing that. Definitely interesting. Another guy, I mean, he wasn't mentioned, but Dano or Wright, I really like. And right, yeah. Maybe he could. Yeah, do I've that. seen some of his. Uh, I've seen some clips that people have posted of him yeah. on Twitter. And like personally, I, I again still making my way through. We'll have each positional preview before the draft uh, of mm. college guys, but I'm not that impressed with the guards in this class. So, like, if you wanted to take a kind of rare sized dude, put him there, that'd be cool. But I'd prefer. Like, I need to watch Jones, but I think I'd prefer. Um, you know, keeping Lucas at right tackle and asking the rookie to convert than the alternative. Yeah. Obviously, every player is different. Um, 
yeah uh there you go so 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 the other thing that i guess we're kind of waiting on you know re um you know cuts uh, etc shelby mm -hmm. harris you could save nine million dollars by cutting him but i don't think that they particularly want to cut him so no and and he, schneider was asked about him at the combine like are you going to extend him yeah. and he was like well he's still got a year left so he's pretty cagey with that but he did also credit shelby's play like he was very positive about shelby's play now mm -hmm. you know there, there are other motives for that but i think you can take it at face value that they've they felt he was active and pressured well he was mm -hmm. one of the better seahawks interior defensive linemen last year that yeah. is a price but really when you when you're interior the defensive line struggles so much with the kind of two four five approach last year, you probably don't want to get rid of the one of the few guys who could actually do it well. Um, yeah. So I, I would feel that at the very least they're going to try to restructure that deal uh, to lower the 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 cap hit, or you know maybe add a void year. So technically an extension, but not really. Um, where they add a void year or two to to move some of that cap off or whatever. Um, or you know just a straight up extension where they they get them locked up for at least another year and then maybe there's a, a third year that's just a void year on that or something like that uh to help with the cap purposes but uh yeah i mean like you know quentin jefferson's another guy that i think that they can save a few million dollars from uh if they they cut him um but uh the the harris situation is the one that i'm really interested in because like you mentioned he's one of the few guys that actually had some success and played fairly consistently along that line and i mean they keep on talking about like whenever they've been talking about you know getting better uh, just reading through you know reading between the lines they're talking about the defensive front and so i i just i don't know if you get rid of the you know the little bit of good depth that you have there if you take away from that so um, I assume that they're going to try and do everything they can to to keep Harris and Toe on a you know on a more favorable uh, deal. Yeah, but, makes sense. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. the other news tie was that sadly Ben Burkirvin got released. Mm -hmm. Now this is this is real like uh, example of how brutal the NFL is because twenty twenty one third year of NFL football the preseason he is lighting it up like it looked like it all right. come together. Looked like he was going to be the next like Seattle linebacker who was going to be bringing juice. Like he 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 mm -hmm. was playing bigger, sort of overcoming size concerns. He was quick. He was diagnosing plays very effectively. He looked brilliant. And then he tore his ACL, which I think happened in, in the third preseason game. Mm -hmm. uh, former fifth round pick at the Seahawks. Obviously, he went to UW, so he kind of hometown kind of hero. I think uh, it was against and, Vegas, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. And then he spent ages trying to rehab it uh it just it just never could come back right and pete carroll described this past season how i think i think he used the term uh they're in uncharted territory because there was nerve damage and stuff it just sounds like awful like i hope that he uh career wise uh, uh human wise like movement wise that he's not too badly impacted for the rest of his life and um uh, it just mentally, physically, everything it just must be so draining and tough because he was right on the precipice of making a roster uh, and, and right. being a starter coming from the top, working so hard. Now he's tried to rehab and, and work hard and make it back and he just couldn't get it done. And that just must be incredibly tough. And yeah, big, big sympathies for him. I hope whatever he does, whether it's in football or out of football after his career, um, is rewarding and and i'm sure he'll succeed with the application that he he showed uh in his uh f sadly brief football career so yeah it's brutal yeah stuff, man. it is tough uh and i know that like pete carroll and john schneider they said that they you know like he's a good person the fans of him and i hope you know i'm sure the team will well hopefully the team looks after him and um takes care you know of him, he's yeah. pointed in the right directions with things so yeah bummer yeah yeah uh not not fun um you know hoping for the best for him whatever he does next <sighs> so ty where mm. where do you want to take it next do you want to wrap 
<clears throat> well, Maddie, yesterday marked oh the one year anniversary of a a certain trade that was made by uh, the the football team that we cover. Mm. Do you remember what that was by chance? Oh, uh, well, I I thought Bobby Wagner got got cut. Uh, yeah, that happened. Um, he did get cut, uh, but the the Seahawks did actually make a trade about eight hours before Bobby Wagner was cut. Oh, they it was a pretty did? big deal. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Um, big enough they deal did. for you know Adam Schefter to tweet it out. Uh, though go. Schefter, to be fair, does tweet out a lot of things. He does. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of his uh, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the the one year anniversary of the Russell Wilson trade. Um, that thing i'm i'm a little sad that they weren't able to wait until the anniversary to announce the gino deal thought that would have been you know that would have been nice that would have but been cool. also petty like let it be gino's day yeah i mean you know pete carroll is dabbling in some pettiness lately i don't know if you've been looking at his social media well we, yeah we should probably talk about that but firstly yeah um 30 minutes after the trade was announced, I tweeted, as pointed out by Hustle Chilson on Twitter, thank you, Mr. Hustle. Mm-hmm. Let Geno Smith cook, I tweeted 30 minutes after. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of backpacking here. I also tweeted, this draft class appears to be absolutely loaded in the trenches. The, she- the Seahawks should be able to get their foundations right. Mm-hmm. Abraham mm-hmm. Lucas, Charles Cross, Boye Maffe, to be determined, mm-hmm. but there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, this is a good one. Russell Wilson played bad. Limitations obvious. Worked out football for one and a half seasons in the kind of offense people wanted him to be in. Mm. Who tweeted that? I did. Mm. That's the best part of this. We're going to find out if Russell Wilson is he, who he and Greg Olson, who said um, that the coaches basically weren't listening I, to I, I, I And it was that. like we're playing with a JV roster. Yeah. Right. Um, or if Pete Carroll was running the right offense for his skill set all along, history proves insightful. In 2020, they let Russ cook, then the kitchen caught fire. Mm. Oh, here's another tweet from me. I think Pete Carroll is on the right side of this Seahawks-Russell Wilson disagreement. He isn't that drop back a lot of times top five quarterback. But the beauty of this timeline is the truth will be revealed in 2022 and beyond. Maddie, these tweets are kind of sounding toxic. And smug, really smug, really smug, and really toxic. Smug. Yeah, yeah uh, I used to be a big fan of your timeline, but now you're you're the most petty person on NFL yeah, Twitter. You're right; it was toxic. Uh, I mm. oh, this is a good one. Oh my god! I popped the shops, and this happened. I was looking for the harissa paste while John Schneider added all the spice I needed. <laughs> I think I was making kofta at the time mm. that this so i was like on my phone tweeting while like mixing uh mints with like mm. spices right. and then the harissa paste was going on my phone it was bad yeah. like, then mm. it got in my eyes and oh, then wow. i had to fire off a tweet and right yeah as one naturally has to yeah right and you you did it successfully yeah and and i think you you pulled it off but, ty you know do you know something about harissa paste no no tell me it's spicy oh oh i don't get it all right what are, what are you referencing well no it's, it's just spicy you know okay so right, 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 did, right, do you have any right. tweets that from march the 8th that are your favorites uh a certain uh analytics uh related account analytics uh focused account saying i'm i'm so happy for russell wilson that was uh hmm. that was a good one i was I, I like that one um i don't know i i just i remember oh this is a good one you russ haters will certainly find out next year if he can pass the ball without pete carroll covering for all of his deficiencies right right that's a that's a good one um I just the thing that I most remember from that day was that I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a day off and not have to write anything today because I was still covering the Seahawks for all Seahawks at that time." And then looking at my phone and, and my co-host on Locked On Mariners, 
Colby Patnode uh, DM me and he's like, oh my God, in all caps. And I'm like, what? And he's, and he just typed, ha 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 ha. And I looked at Twitter. I was like, shit. And it ruined my day, essentially. Not because, Rus- day? not because Russell Wilson got traded. Well, because Russell Wilson got traded, but it wasn't that wasn't my reaction to the fact that Russell Wilson was no longer a Seahawk. It was my reaction to the fact that I had to work all of a sudden. And that was not very cool. So, John Schneider, you ruined my day off. However, yeah, what on John? That that led to Charles Cross and Boy Mafe, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, this number five pick. Another second round pick coming up here this April. Uh, and Geno Smith, uh, the revelation of Geno Smith. So I guess I forgive you, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, 3A, the, uh, uh, what I described as um, the second <laughs> e- uh, element. Um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wagner, Bobby Wagner was also released, which was like the Seahawks were just like, okay, let's just get this out of the way with. And yeah, uh, yeah that, that was also tough. Maybe he'll be back in Seattle. Um, I, I tweeted in 2022 when it happened, Wagner's athletic climb was visible in every 2021 game. It, it negatively impacted his work in the pass and run game. Uh, so I don't think much has changed there, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. we've made our thoughts clear on that subject check out previous podcasts but anyway mm-hmm. ty a year on seattle's in a great position we are excited to talk about that position of draft picks we've already done it mm-hmm. if you hey ty how are we doing on the likes oh let's check that out like the video comment comment if you're a preamble or non-preamble I'm, sure I'm you, pro uh... preamble, and and I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're if you're anti uh, anti preamble, you're you're a freak. I'm a preambler, so yeah. how about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Try Absolutely. that one for size. All right, so we have 35 watching on YouTube right now, and only 11 likes. So you guys, change, you guys need to change. You guys need to change that right disgrace. now. Yeah, that's what uh, on earth. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get dislikes because I was so smug about my tweets. I hope I didn't come across smug. Or toxic. Yeah, well, we all know that I'm toxic. It's mm. well established in right. far off lands. Right. Germany. I mean, you know, you just got to stop talking about stuff that nobody cares about. True. No one like cares n- about that. Like nuts. And just not relevant to the Seahawks. Astrology. Like the fact that the Seahawks pick five overall. Yeah. Yeah. Or astrology, yeah. 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 Uh, so what does the towers do? Towers? What's a what's a Taurus? Oh my God! We have a ten dollar donation from Beyond Balance. Watch forever. First time catching you guys live. Love you guys. Only ones on the Gino train when I was. Love you too, Beyond Balance. Thank you so much. Love you. There yes, we go. MV, MV Gino, baby. Should I should I pull out the jersey? It's here. The infamous jersey, right here. Sheesh. I, I Look get to at that. Make, I get to make use out of it for you know what? That looks like it was purchased year. in October 2022. Um, it wasn't actually. It was purchased in September 2022. And Matthew. little known fact about September is it comes before October. So that's that's right. Cool, pretty that's cool. Right. That's cool. <laughs> that is disgusting. Hey, Greg, Ari. You're getting timed out. Buddy. Oh, five minute timeout for Gregory. Unacceptable. Oh, it, remember if 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 I truly am going to live up to that name, I got a block. Gr- gr- got Griff block left people. me. Griff me. Griff left me on red today when I was like, "Oh yeah, you can staying RT yourself next uh, next year when the Seahawks draft one of those Wisconsin linebackers." Oh yeah, Gr- Griff will be doing that though. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, like I know that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna be like, "See guys, I was right." I was how's on it the, before anyone else. How's the light count now? Are people right, doing their jobs? Are you competing? Let's, let's, let's go back. Yeah. If you're not, then you're scared to compete. If it's, let's see. All right. We got six more likes since we put out the. Uh, Sheesh. Yeah. But it's oh, still, yeah. 
but but 19 of you still have not liked the video at least 19 of you so i'm disappointed so ty we should actually talk about um the peak Carroll uh source gardener thing oh yeah let's talk about that real quick so this is funny. hilarious yeah yeah so source gardener had a slightly odd um appearance at the nfl combine with uh, rich eisen and daniel jeremiah on nfl network the live coverage he said his most uncomfortable pre-draft interview of the Seahawks with Pete Carroll, and he said it was because he was like too close to him and was always cutting him off. Mm. Basically saying along the lines of, like, what do you see when when you look at a receiver? And then uh, cutting him off and asking it again, but like staring at him being close. Mm. So he had fun with that. That was great. And then Pete Carroll tweeted out the receipts, mm. added Source Gardner, <laughs> hey next gen stats a little help here trying to get a measurement between me and source gardener so the first picture is pete uh uh like 10 person distance no it's just like five person distance source taking a seat pete just looking at him slightly then it's pete sat down source standing up uh now it's the 10 person 15 person distance between the two then it's pete even more relaxed sitting back and and source sat down uh leaning forward slightly Mm. I have a wrinkle to throw in this whole thing, potentially. That was his combine interview, but Sauce Gardner also had a top 30 visit with the Seahawks. So was he potentially talking about that instead oh. of the combine? But I mean, potentially. Yeah. So Pete, like, why not? Pete, Seahawks, we, we, need, we need photographic proof of the top 30 visit as well. Well, that you know what that's that's less fun, but no, we, we'll say it was. <laughs> we'll we'll say that it was cap from Sauce because we're, yeah. we're yeah we yeah the and, and so yeah. what was funny was then Gino when he was posing for pictures uh for his signing, Pete said I don't know where to stand and Gino was like closer closer and then they like got really close to Gino, and. I also, um, uh. <laughs> I also was a degenerate. Oh well, firstly, before me being a degenerate, source uh, quote retweeted Pete's tweet, uh, uh. deleted four previous attempts, and then quote retweeted uh, something. So he's clearly a bit heated about it. I mean, this is basically he, he also went on, source is a massive he also, liar. He also went on Twitch and like ranted about it for like four minutes. There's like a four Great. minute clip of him Amazing. On, on his Twitch like, talking just, about it. Yeah. Just like completely melting down. Uh yeah. and then uh Pete mentioned it on the Rich Eisen show and said like that was weird. Um don't know what he's talking about. Um so yeah. Rattled. Very 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 strange. Um really strange. And I I was a degenerate and so in these pictures, there's uh, an image, a still image of a play that they've got up to show source. Oh, so yeah. I found you are a play. degenerate. This might be one of your most degenerate things, actually. <laughs> like... Yeah. So I found the play. And what happens is India is it's, uh, Cincinnati versus Indiana. There's less than a minute left in the second quarter. It's a second and 12. Yeah. Source is kind of playing outside leverage on the receiver um, in press. And what happens is the receiver off the line gives a little uh, hand shimmy, uh, mm. which gets Source thinking it's going to be an outside release uh, fade route. The receiver actually widens him out, releases inside, runs a comeback, catches the pass beyond the first down marker. And so that matches Source's comments about them saying, what do you look at when you see a receiver? Because Pete Carroll teaches bottom of the numbers um, to have your eyes on. Uh, mm. Most coaches would teach the belt buckle lower down because hips don't lie. As um, Shakira, when she was talking about that, Shakira, she was talking about press coverage. Shakira. Yep, she was talking about press. She knows press coverage. But um, Pete Carroll coaches bottom that. the numbers, yep. which I think for like against like the bigger receivers is is more fitting. But here, I think Source's eyes were so a bit too high, and that's how the hand fake kind of got him open to the outside. Mm. And so. If you sync up this play with Source's comments about Pete Carroll's asking me about what do you look at when you see a receiver, and this is a counterpoint to your uh, pre-draft visit at the VMAC, right. the evidence shows that when Source was asked this question, and really only Source and Pete Carroll will know this, but mm -hmm. when Source was asked this question and that the film was up, Pete was very far apart, was not too close to him. 
So mm. Pete Carroll has called uh, Source Gardener a liar, and and Source is rattled. So, so 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 do we think that it was actually Pete who tweeted that, or like it was his idea to tweet that? Well, per sources, mm. I have it on authority that this account is run by Pete Carroll's daughter, mm. or at least used to be at, at times. Plot thickens. However, I think Pete was uh, a bit peeved and was like, "I'm just going to go at him." So find the someone, someone in the organization. Pete is competing. It, it, that's all it is. He's just competing. And He's... honestly, this kind of sums up the energized nature of the front office. That mm. and and Pete and the coaching staff and like. You know, it's new and exciting. The whole process, mm-hmm. second year of Gino, the challenge. They're, ti- they're tired of people lying on their names. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, yeah they've, they've been. Yeah, yeah. Talk your stuff. You mm-hmm. know, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, nailed it. There you go. I I already broke the 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 cursing uh, rules tonight, there you go. but oh well, I'm competing too. Mm. Competing my freaking tail off, and uh, Quandre Diggs am- among others enjoyed uh, Pete's tweet. So, of course, yeah, that's great. Uh, Quandre is still trying to uh, recruit. I've been, I've been seeing. He was also he at uh, Texas Pro Day today. Was Texas Pro Day today? He was at Texas for some reason. Well, he went to Texas. Well, thank you, Maddie. Like whenever he goes back to Texas, I imagine it's just like. A lot of fun. Mm, yeah. 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 So it's a good go. time. Good time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well, how are the likes doing now, Ty? Let's see. Our Sauce Gardener talk better earned us like at least eight likes. Uh, got us six more likes. All right. That's, that's a bit better. We're, but we're at 42 watching with 23 likes. So there's still not 19 people that have not liked the video. Absolute scoundrels. Yeah. Okay. Goes. Yep. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. Mm-hmm. We're done. Hey, uh, give us a five star review and download the show too. This is a podcast where preambles edited out. You get music, you get a cool intro person. And uh, and you get other other perks too. Yeah. So until next time, this has been the Seattle Overload Podcast, Matty and Ty. Mm-hmm. Follow Ty at Dane Gunzelers. Follow me at Matty F Brown. Mm-hmm. Follow the Twitter at Seattle Overload. And we're out of here. We'll be back next Monday. Me and Griff and potentially Ty talking NFL draft edge rushes. No talking heads. None no of them. talky heads. No, ban, no. ban the talking Ske- heads. Schemes. Evil.